Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. Let us now to turn to our second reading of Holy Scripture, which comes to us from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 7, verse 24 to 37, which you can find uh, both in your pew Bible uh, on the screen if you're at home, or uh, in your bulletin if you are with us here this morning in person. So let us listen now to God's holy word. From there, he, Jesus, set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast out the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home and found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then Jesus returned from the region of Tyre and went away and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. They brought him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took them aside in, a, in private away from the crowd, and he put his finger into his ear and spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephephtha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened and his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. So this morning we are talking about something that I think is applicable to all of us, but also this is for those of you who are deacons as well, or becoming ordained as deacons this day, through the lens of this text. But before we dive a little bit into the ministry of deacons and this text this morning, I have some examples I think you might find helpful of deacons at work. You see, throughout the seven years I attended college and seminary, I would periodically discover a slip in my mailbox telling me that the front desk had a package for me because it would not fit in those tiny little student boxes that you get in college. And so upon receipt, I would take it up to the front desk and find that there was this big box and a kind card in it from the deacons of the church where I grew up in and various items that any college student or seminarian would enjoy. 
even though I was not near the church or attending it at the time. But while expressing care for those who are far away, I think you would know that deacons are also busy with their local ministry. For example, you've probably seen the deacons at work collecting food for our local food pantries, volunteering to cook for Jan Peak, supporting and supporting other local charitable organizations such as Putnam Cap, or even volunteering themselves in these other organizations that do good work here in our community. Indeed, you will find deacons in this church and in many other churches who strive to care not only for members and friends of the church, but for those who are part of the larger community as well. Probably the other example I have or another area of care where you've seen deacons hard at work is that time that we did have pre-pandemic, which is that uh, famed uh, coffee fellowship hour after church where deacons would set up refreshments and snacks and encourage those who were attending to stay afterward. Again, unfortunately, we're not at that point yet, but that doesn't mean your deacons have stopped working. You might have remembered the project that we did last Advent, last Christmas season, where the deacons put together a bunch of Advent kits for homebound members and families. They found these Advent wreaths, and then we organized some devotions, some other activities, some snacks that we were able to give out to folks, creating a sense of connectedness, of fellowship, even though at that time we were mostly still home. This is just a small glimpse into the work into the work and the ministry of deacons. Though you may be wondering if that's the only thing deacons do, or perhaps you don't even know what a deacon is. So what is a deacon? Well, we're Presbyterian, so you know what that means. We have a book and we have a definition for everything. It's not always a bad thing. It's, it's good to have... But in our book of order, there are some key points for what it means to be a deacon. It says this, that the ministry of deacon as set forth in Scripture is one of compassion. It's one of witness. It's one of service, one of sharing in the redeeming love of Christ for the poor, the hungry, the sick, the lost, the friendless, the oppressed, those burdened by unjust policies or structures or anyone in distress. Persons of spiritual character, honest, repute, those who live exemplary lives, brotherly, sisterly love, sincere compassion, and sound judgment should be chosen for this ministry. That's a lot to put on deacons. Now, that is a broad definition, so there are some expanded points about what it means to be a deacon. I'll, I'll just do a little summary for you. One, the first point in this expanded definition is that deacons are people who exhibit within the church and the world this sense of moral authority or sympathy, witness, and service that models Christ. That means that deacons bring into this space of worship concerns from the community 
ways in which the church can respond to needs that are around us. And it means then that deacons go out into the world as representatives of the church who embody as well the sympathy and love of Jesus Christ. The second expanded point is that deacons, of course, care for God's people in crisis. Deacons are often those people who make hospital visits, who check in on their homebound individuals, who sound the alarm to myself or our office administrator when someone is having some type of unexpected challenge. The third point is that deacons challenge structures and conditions within the church and within the wider world, society, which keep persons or groups powerless and voiceless. Deacons are those individuals who bring to light ways in which we can be a more welcoming church. Deacons are individuals who also go out into the world, as I said before, who participate as well in other charitable activities, such as supporting things like Putnam Cap or whatever other organization they may support that help to lift up others, that help to give other people voice. The fourth and final extended definition is that deacons are as well liturgical representatives of the church, meaning that deacons also participate in the life of the church. Things such as helping to be lectors or participate in other elements of the worship service. All these things of what it means to be a deacon, to do the ministry of being a deacon, come to us, of course, from Scripture. And we find a little bit of that in this reading for today from the Gospel of Mark where we see Jesus traveling with his disciples, going to all these different areas and performing various miracles or healings. It sets the stage for deacons who in their own work, in their own vocation, in their own calling, model this healing and compassionate work of Jesus. But it also models for deacons a sense of, or a healthy dose of humility, admitting when mistakes are made, and that it's okay, such as Jesus indirectly acknowledging the mistake he made in his encounter with the Syrophoenician woman. In addition to this text, we see later in Scripture the work of deacons coming to fruition in the book of Acts, where believers selected Stephen to oversee the distribution of alms to widows and orphans and to others who were in need, fulfilling as well what was said in our first reading from the book of Proverbs. Stephen's ministry of caring for the poor, of being a voice for the voiceless, his convictions were so strong in that that it ultimately led to his death. Now, any deacons who are out there don't quit yet. You you are not expected to die in the line of service of being a deacon. (laughs) But it should go to show just how essential the role of deacons are in the sense that they have a strong commitment to love, 
not just themselves or those in this congregation, but their sense of love for all their neighbors, those here in this church and in the broader community. It's a little bit of a taste of what it means to be a deacon. And really, those are the key points of what it means to, de- to be a deacon. For those who are deacons or for those who aren't deacons, the question becomes, well, do you have a heart of empathy and compassion? Do you show care for your neighbors or your friends or family? Do you, are you the kind of person who periodically sends text messages or emails or drops a call or sends a card periodically to see how people are doing? Do you donate to food drives or volunteer with other organizations that help those who are hurting or those that are trying to correct injustices or prop up others? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, then that means you're probably good to go to be a deacon. Now, let me clarify that. I mean that you are ready to be a deacon. You might not be one of the people here today who are being installed and ordained to the office of deacon, but as members of the church in general, we all have a responsibility to embody elements of the ministry of deacon in our daily lives, to show care, to speak up for the voiceless, to point out areas of injustice in our community. You are good to go to be a deacon. So while acknowledging today that we are pointing out the specific gifts of individuals today who are chosen to serve in an official capacity in this office, never forget that the office of deacon is one that you can live out in your daily life. As we all do strive to model the heart of Christ, the compassion of Christ. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.